Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Teresa Price, coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 321.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great standalone fantasy titles that I love so, so much, I kind of can't believe that I haven't already talked about them on the show yet. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Diana Dixon has a busy summer and no time for tall, gorgeous hockey player Shane's shenanigans. Because you know what? If they shenan once, they'll shenan again. So she thinks she knows exactly who he is when he moves into her apartment building. But turns out Shane's sick of hookups and tired of being on the rebound after his long-term girlfriend called it quits. But when his ex comes back into the picture, he needs a plan. And who better to play his new girlfriend than his sassy new neighbor? So a fake relationship might be perfect for Diana's own ex issues, but Diana is used to living by the rules. Will she learn that when it comes to love, rules are meant to be broken? Make sure to check out The Dixon Rule by L. Kennedy. L. Kennedy is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author with over a million copies of her books sold. So this is going to be another banger, y'all. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right. So I love a good fantasy novel, but these days I find that I'm really busy and short in time. And I like hop around from book to book so quickly, mostly because I do a lot of reading for this podcast. I do a lot of reading for my other book riot duties. And, you know, then I also try to fit in books that I want to read for fun. And that unfortunately means that like series have kind of fallen to the wayside for me. I think I can count on one hand the number of series I've actually read in the last two or three years, which is sad because I really love series. And as a kid and teen, I would like blow through them so fast. But I also really love the fantasy genre, and that tends to be very series heavy. So I feel like my fantasy reading has kind of suffered as a result but this is kind of why I'm loving this micro trend of standalone fantasy novels because it like satisfies this urge to really just dive into a fantastic fantasy novel. But it also is like a one and done type of situation. So I can enjoy excellent fantasy world building without the commitment of a full series, which I am struggling to do right now. I just can't like make that commitment. 
So my first pick this week is Girl, Servant, Thorn by Melissa Bachardos. And this is such a good book. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. It was one of my favorite books of 2020. It came out last July. And I hope that it didn't get too overlooked in like, you know, just the chaos of the pandemic because it is amazing. So I first um, discovered Melissa's work with her debut novel, which is Girls Made of Snow and Glass. And it's a very wonderful and clever Snow White retelling, probably like the best Snow White retelling I've ever read. And so Girl Serpent Thorn is another retelling, but it is of a Persian myth that I am not at all familiar with. So that kind of made it extra fun and new and special for me. So this book is about Soria, who is essentially a princess in this vast fantasy land where humans and jinn coexist, although jinn sightings are not particularly common in her land. So when she was an infant, she was born with this curse that she would be poisonous to the touch. So if anybody touches her skin-to-skin contact, they immediately die. And her mother has always told Soria that this curse is a result of, you know, something that she did in her youth to displease a, displease a jinn. So therefore her firstborn daughter, Soraya, would be cursed. Um, and Soraya has always accepted this story and her lot in life somewhat. You know, she grows up secluded in the family's spring palace. She has her own private suite that's completely cut off from everybody with its own private gardens that are also completely cut off from everyone else. And she really spends her time there just tending to her roses, keeping away from other people. You know, she will kind of occasionally go up on the rooftops at night or walk around at night. But she really has like this very small and sort of just confined life. And it's not the greatest, but she makes the best out of it. Until one spring, her family returns to the palace for the season. And she discovers that her twin brother, who is the heir to the kingdom has announced his betrothal to their childhood friend, whom she hasn't seen in many years because of the whole, you know, being poisonous to the touch thing. So Soraya really, that sort of is when she feels like the unfairness of her situation. And she becomes really angry. She feels very trapped. She feels like everybody else gets to like move on and have a life. And she's just always going to be trapped in her gardens and hidden away, like hidden away to the, the extent that like most of the people in the kingdom have like forgotten that she even exists. So she is really restless. And while everyone's there in court, she um, befriends a member of her brother's guard. And she learns that on their way to the palace, they captured a djinn who they are keeping under lock and key in the dungeon. And it's very, very hush-hush. Like nobody is really supposed to know. But Saraya decides that she's going to go down into the dungeons and she's going to ask this djinn how to break her curse so she can have a normal life. But when she approaches the djinn, she discovers a few shocking secrets about her curse, her family, and like how to go from there. So I won't go into any more because that is really where the book takes off and some exciting things happened. But I adored this book because it's so like lush and lovely and romantic, but it's also full of betrayal and treachery and a lot of really great political intrigue that is like complicated enough that it adds a lot of depth to the story, but not so complicated that you're just like, "Ah, I can't keep up with all this political stuff. It has the like the perfect balance of like magic and mystery and this really fully realized fantasy world that I felt like I could just really sink into and stay in for many, many books. The author also does a really great job of playing around with the ideas of myth and history and expectations and how appearances can be deceiving. So someone can look innocent, but be pretty monstrous on the inside. But also those that we take for monsters aren't always the ones that we need to fear the most. 
So I love this book because it has just a lot of really great adventure. I was really sad when it ended, but it leaves Saray in a really unexpected place. And I super enjoyed that. I think a lot of people might pick up this book expecting a lot of things at the beginning based off of some of the tropes that we see in like the setup. But um, Bashardus completely subverts a lot of expectations and in a really exciting way. So Obviously, I loved her first book. I love this book. She is an auto-buy author for me. I cannot wait for news of another book from Melissa Bashardust, and that is Girl, Serpent, Thorn. My next pick is A Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson. And I, you know, did not uh, intentionally pair these books together because they both have thorns in the title. That was just kind of a happy accident. But I also loved A Sorcery of Thorns. And it was really fun in a very different way, but so equally enjoyable. So it is about Elizabeth, and she is an orphan who was raised in a magical library. And I mean, what is not to love about that? So in this fantasy land called Ostermere, it has multiple great libraries that are pretty essential to the kingdom and to the land and and the whole working power system. Um, so it's important that like librarians are orphans because they have to be brought up in the libraries and they have to be completely dedicated to the library. And that is totally Elizabeth. She is completely and utterly dedicated to her calling and her role. And it's essentially librarians jobs to guard and protect dangerous grimoires from the public. So Elizabeth has been raised to believe that all sorcery is evil and should be distrusted. And she takes this very much to heart because she doesn't know anything else. And so she's just a librarian's apprentice. She's really excited about becoming a full-blown librarian one day. But one night, she lives in the library. She wakes from a dead of sleep and she goes wandering trying to figure out, like, what woke me up and why isn't, like, anybody else awake? And she walks right in on a grimoire escaping. So when grimoires um, are free, like they manifest into these like monster-like creatures that can move around. And this one has somehow gotten free from the depths of the library. And it has killed the library director, whom Elizabeth loves very much. And Elizabeth manages to destroy it and stop it. But then in the light of day, she's blamed for it getting loose and the implication is that she's somehow used sorcery, which is, of course, forbidden. So a lot of things happen. And eventually she is forced to turn to Nathaniel Thorne, who is this like young, notorious, handsome sorcerer who also has this demon servant named Silas. And she has to turn to them in order to clear her name and also figure out who is really at fault and why um, the libraries across Ostermere are being broken into. So I like this book a lot because, duh, magical libraries, that is always going to be something that appeals to me. But I also really enjoyed how we have this fantasy book about Elizabeth, who is eager to please and enthusiastic, and she really wants to do the right thing. But like you can tell as the reader that she's really naive. And that's, you know, to be expected, given that she's grown up in isolation in the library. She's never really experienced the outside world. So she makes some poorly informed decisions up front. And, you know, she's loath to trust Nathaniel, even though the reader can kind of tell, like, you know, he's just having fun with her. He's like, oh, you just trust sorcerers, right? You think we're all bad, right? Like, they're not all bad. But once her mind starts to change and her perspective starts to shift, 
it's really delightful to watch her character just like grow and evolve. She becomes a really independent thinker and she is, you know, still passionate though about protecting books and saving the libraries. And she ropes Nathaniel and Silas in on this as well. And the plot that they all get swept up into is really delightfully twisty and full of lots of surprises and epic moments. And this book, oh my goodness, like it has some amazing epic like action sequences, but it also follows through with just like an emotional punch. Like it really has the best of both worlds. So it will literally have you on the edge of the seat until the very final line because of just how emotionally tense this book is. And it made me a huge fan of Rogerson. I have not read her first book, um, which is called An Enchantment of Ravens. I need to go back and get that. And her new book is Vesper and it comes out this fall. So I'm really excited for that one as well. So that is it for me today, book nerds. That's two really great, um, actually, I mentioned the author's backlist. So four really great standalone fantasy novels. If you want a fantasy fix, but can't commit to a series, I hope that you are having a great weekend, that you are well stocked with books. And thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And thank you as always to our amazing sound editor, Jen Zink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and very sassy cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back very soon on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty. And I'll be back next month with even more backlist recommendations. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend.